Hey, hey, Laura, Laura. Yeah. This cave. This yeah. cave is dank. It's kind of watery and dark and stuff. That's, that's what dank means. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a dank cave. Uh, also, you know, it smells of weed down here. Yeah, there's that too. You know, um, how, how much further down this cave are we going? I feel like we've been going down here for ages. I don't know. I'm just following the smell of weed. Uh, well, that's 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 an adventure that you can do in life. Follow the smell of weed and see what happens. It's, I mean, it's generally my life. I'm like one of the Oxo kids from the eighties, <laughs> just following the smell. Intruders, stop where you are. Uh, who who are you? I am the Lord of the Mole People. Who are you? Um, well, I'm I'm Lauren. This is uh, Jane. Hi. Um, hello. Hello. What is it that brings you down here? Well, we were just honestly, we were just following the smell of of, of dankness. Um, it is truly dank down here. Um, Tell me of yourselves. Well, um, we're a couple of people that we we do a podcast, and we we are we are not straight. And uh, what else? What else can we say about ourselves, Jane? Um, yeah, we we do like silly voices and things, and and we, sometimes I follow the smell of weed. We try and be nice, and where people we do that, try and be nice, and where people that you don't know. Well, yeah, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Um, would you like a cupcake? That would be lovely. Thank you. Why you are such queer and pleasant strangers. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Aris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast that we actually summarised quite well in the opening skit this week. We're two queer trans ladies. We talk about our weeks, we do skits, we do voices, we try and make each other have a bit of a, gu- a smile and a giggle. How are you doing this week, Jane? I'm alright. I'm still alive, which is always a bonus. This is good. I'm very glad that, like, I went away for a few days, and I'm very glad that when I came home, you were still alive. That would have been very sad. Did look a bit wobbly on on Sunday, but I made it. You sound a bit wobbly, but you're here, and that's good. Yeah. Yeah, how's... Tell me about your week. What have you been doing with your week? I've been... I've been... Well, I've been mostly playing games and, and such. Would you like to talk about the games that we played? Uh, we probably shall. I'll tell you what we should do first. What? Tell us about your week, because you actually went and did a thing. I went and did a thing, and it's the reason why I've not got much in my played, listened, or looked at this week, because... I was too busy having adventures with my nerd friends. Uh, I went to Birmingham MCM Comic Con, which is... I tend to go to the London Comic Cons. It's a very big thing that happens twice a year. First time going along to the Birmingham one. It was definitely a bit smaller. Um, Mm -hmm. It feels like it was about half the size. Like, it was the the size of one of those halls at London MCM. It was about the size of Birmingham. About the number of people. Um, it definitely felt like it was a smaller number of people. It, okay. it, there was no like outside place to congregate. There was no like mm. here is the big field or anything. It okay. was all, it was all inside in the NEC. And I've been to the NEC before. It's mm. an, it's an interesting labyrinth of a building. Okay. Um, there were three separate large scale conventions happening in the NEC all at once. Wow. Which is interesting when to get to Comic Con. It's like oh, we got into cosplay, left the hotel, and then had to go. Basically through the the big burly biker convention and the baby and toddler convention, which is a thing apparently. Okay. It it was a lot of like walking through very disparate groups of people to be like, aha, 
comics a comic convention. Um, I'm surprised that babies and toddlers were that organised that they could set up their own convention. <laughs> well, I was trying to work out what this this was because I was imagining like from the outside, like oh maybe it's like new tech for babies. I don't know. Maybe there's new inventions that are good for baby stuff. And it generally just seemed to be parents that were like, I have a newborn or I'm pregnant and about to have a child. I've left it pretty late and should probably get all the stuff that I need for a baby to arrive. I'm just going to go to a place and buy it all at once. One baby kit, please. Yeah, and I'm like, surely in this day and age, particularly if you're a pregnant woman, it's probably not the easiest thing to travel to the NEC, wander around a convention centre all day and carry all your purchases with you. Or any other type of pregnant person. Indeed. uh, it, It was just a... It was a... I didn't entirely understand the purpose of that one, but it involved a lot of pregnant people being around. Uh, but yeah, I, I had a lovely time. Nice. I did some cosplaying. I cosplayed as Diva and Tracer from Overwatch over the two days. You did all of the Overwatching. All of the Overwatch. Um, and you looked adorable. I did a lot of hanging out with my nerd friends. I was. Hi, nerds. I was. I was there with Becky, Makita, and Ellie because they're the ones that I do conventions with. Yay! Lovely. And I had a lovely, if very tiring time. It was mm-hmm. it was a few days of just always things were happening, and that was great. I loved all the things, but it was a lot of things. Yeah. In the way that many things can sometimes be tiring. Mm, yeah. But yeah, that's why I've not done many other things this week, so should yeah. we jump into our first category? Fair. Well, what have you played this week? Uh... Pardon me, I have terrible gas. Yeah, I don't know how well that uh, that siren picked <laughs> up on the thing, but it it caught me for a second. Um, so yeah, I've played a couple of things that I've played before, but I've played them with new groups of people. Mm-hmm. I've played a lot of Jackbox and Use Your Words, which I think Ooh. are both uh, games that I've talked about before. Yeah, I played some Jackbox too. Yes, so... Um, I, I tried to play uh, Jackbox on the Switch last time I was at a convention, and my Switch just didn't want to have anything to do with uh, either my phone internet or the the hotel internet. This time, it's successfully connected to the hotel internet, which is good, so um, I booted that up. We played some Jackbox 3 and Jackbox 5 and Use Your Words, mm-hmm. uh, all of which are, you use your phone, you do silly things, they pop up on the screen... And this time it was in the convention nerds. We the the game we had the most fun with, I think, was um oh, what's it called? Um Faking It. Okay. Which I believe is on Jackbox 3. It is mm-hmm. this game where all the people in the room will be sent a prompt to their device, and it might be something like, raise your hand if you've ever ever farted, I think was an example, or um how many times have you uh, been in a car crash and you hold up a number of fingers. Mm-hmm. One person in the room doesn't get the prompt. They get told, like, it's either a raise your hand or don't, or it's a put a number of fingers up. They don't get told what the question is. And they have to just kind of bluff and try and not get caught out as a liar. Um, We had a lot of fun with that. Um, The intention is that the liar needs to try and stay undercover for three consecutive lies. Mm -hmm. Uh, None of us managed that, but we we got very close a couple of times. Um, There was... There was a round I was doing really well in. Um, the first—I can't remember what the first round was. The second round, it, it was numbers, and I had to—I put three fingers up, and the question was, um, "How many times have you been in uh, vehicle accidents?" 
And thankfully, three is the real answer to that, and I've told my friends this before. I was under heavy suspicion round one. Round two, I lucked out and put the right number of fingers up, and completely put suspicion <laughs> off me, until the final round, where I, I, I couldn't have known this, I accidentally fucked up. Um, it was, it was again put a number of fingers up. I put one finger up because I was like, one, that's a low number. I can probably bullshit that. The question was, how many, uh, NFL games have you been to in the last year? And everyone in the room was like, no, you don't get a, uh, American football offense. No, even, even one was very clearly a lie. It, I, I couldn't have I won that round. I went to the launch of a Madden game. Does that count as a, see, that might have worked, but. <laughs> I, I was not that quick thinking. It's just the look I got was like, oh, <laughs> no. Oh, oh no. Oh no, oh, you did not. Oh no, I, di- I didn't do this once, whatever it is. Um, yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. We were all very tired by the time we got around to trying, uh, that, the, the rapping robot game. Mm-hmm. But, you yeah, know, we had a really fun night. Uh, what about you? What have you been well, playing? Well, it's funny that you play Jackbox <gasps> 3 and 5 because I played 1, 2, and 4. <laughs> Um, we played uh, Fibbage 2 and 3, which yep. are ba- uh, basically games where you have to all try and come up with a lie and, mm. and deceive your opponents with a lie. And my friend Colin managed to get me pretty much every single round. He's very good at believable lies. I think he would be really good at faking it. Oh, <laughs> uh, almost certainly. Um, <laughs> the other one we played was, uh, we played a bit of Quiplash. Do you like Quiplash? Mm. And, um, uh, and bracketeering. Oh, I do like a, bracketeering. Bracketeering is an interesting one. My favourite one is the triple blind round. Yes, where it sort of changes. You, you uh, will get like a couple of subjects to to enter, and then by the end of it, it could be it could be completely different. It could be a whole different subject and and different voting rules and the way your your things go through and and can can completely spin the whole thing out. It's yeah. quite fun. Indeed. Um, so, what else have you played this uh, this week? Uh, well, I had I had I had a bit of a, a board gamey session before we started on the Jackbox stuff. Um, so, I got to play my new game that arrived this week. Oh, was that the one that I played with you the other night? We played Stuffed last night. Yeah, Stuffed is really fun. Stuffed is very cute. It's so. What is the what is the premise again about these these stuffed animal things? Um, so basically, uh, they say that those in life uh, who have been uh, held back or, or failed to achieve their potential, uh, they they will become stuffed, and in their afterlife they will have to try and uh, overcome certain burdens, and and to, in order to, to sort of move on, move on to the next life. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, there there. There is a slightly problematic thing in the instructions um, when it talks about sort of the burdens you had in life. It describes that if you allowed your burdens to hold you back. Uh, um, and I find that slightly problematic because one of the burdens is depression. Yeah. But if you take it as you are these creatures, these are your burdens, you have to overcome your burdens to move past them and complete your missions... That's not so bad. I don't know why they had to put that story yeah, in. Yeah, no, like... The rest of it... Actually playing the game, none of that iffiness came through, because I yeah. sort of just went off of your explanation. Yeah. I didn't read the rule book, and I didn't pick up on any of that. Yeah, it's it's the only thing that has, has made me even 
sort of slightly bothered by the game, but... um, which is strange because it includes what appear to be stuffed animals, in, in some cases completely covered in blood. But, but other times it's bats. Um, yeah, the, the, the whole idea of the game is that you've got these two burden cards that you start with, mm-hmm. and they'll each say something on them that, like, Get this many res- get these resources in a turn, or collect this many of this type of character. Um, and then once you've got rid of your burdens, there is a mission to do, and it'll be have all of these resources on the same turn. Mm-hmm. And the basic idea is you roll a handful of, of dice. Yep. You can dice. yep, you can spend the, you can spend them to do different things, like to buy more people to join your team. Or like you might be able to spend one to re-roll some of the dice that some you don't want to keep. Yeah, and it's basically try and manage your resources to purchase things that will help you achieve your missions, mm-hmm. and that will help you to better roll the dice that you want to roll. Yes, and it yeah. does rather take it. So those sort of extra bits do rather take some of the randomness out of the game, which yeah. which would be very easy with a game primarily based on dice. Yeah. Like, e- from the start of the game, every character can spend one of the most common resource to re-roll as many of their die as they like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things where it might be like, if you've got this little leaf icon, you can pay one of these icons to turn that leaf into a potion icon. And it's... It's about picking the things that you want on your lineup that mm-hmm. will that you think will best help you to get what you're aiming for. Yeah, so you're gathering a team together. You can have um, two of each type. So you have loyals, who are just friends who will stay with you, um, and, and they will have their special abilities. Mm. Then you have the mercenaries, and most of the missionary missions require you to have at least one mercenary on, on the team. Um and they can be bought and kept in your team, or you can buy them directly from uh, your opponent, yeah. which will help block and things. Your po- opponent doesn't have to agree to the sale. Nope. If you have the cost that 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 your opponent paid for that mercenary, you can pay that cost and just be like, nope, you're my mercenary now. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then you've got those special ones down the bottom. What they call the specialists down the bottom. Yes. And um, as soon as the first person buys a specialist, you get an extra die thrown into the the set, and everybody rolls that on their turn. And if the icon comes up on somebody's specialist, they get to activate that ability. And they do really cool things, like you might get free gold when the thing's rolled, or, or steal gold from somewhere or else, you might or stop somebody else using three of their dice. Oh, that's a really that's a really fun one. It works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a really, it's got a really nice pace to it. Yeah. Um, it's the not, artwork is incredible. Oh, it's so good. And it's not a complicated game because it's just roll some die, yep. which ones do you want to keep? Maybe roll them again, buy mm-hmm. a thing. Yep. It's got a really nice pace to it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you have, um, you can spend four of a kind to get an advantage card, which could be, uh, re-rolling. It could be adding certain uh, things to your pool. It could be your opponent can't use this type of resource yep. next turn. It's yeah, it's, or you can use it to buy gold, which is a resource yeah. for buying other things. It's, exactly. So that, yeah, there's there's a lot going on there, and it's a lot of fun, and you, there's there's enough variety to it. I think there's there's a lot of depth and complexity and variety for a game that is so simple. Yeah, and and it's it scales pretty well. I mean, I had as much fun playing it two player as I did in four. And four is the maximum number. So yeah, and it was the originally the, the art that drew it to drew me to it when I was looking at the Kickstarter. So yeah. I was really happy to see that. Bizarre. Yeah, and then after stuff we played some Munchkin. 
Oh, how'd that go? It's Munchkin. Munchkin's awesome. So, uh, for those who don't play, uh, who don't know, you have uh, two uh, decks of cards. You have uh, dungeon doors, which represent the the dungeon that you are travelling through, and you have treasures. Uh, you kick the door down of the the dungeon, and you, if you have, say, a curse, you might suffer some ill effects from that. If you uh, get a monster, you will have to fight the monster. And basically your goal is to get 10 levels up and you get a level up by defeating mm. monsters or there might be a card that will allow you to do a level up. Um, or you can spend treasure to a value of a thousand gold uh, to buy another level. And uh, yeah, you get sort of different classes. Different classes can use different weapons. These are cards that you will sort of have in your hand and a chance to, say, pick a class and a race. Sometimes you'll get things that are compatible. Some weapons or items are only used by certain uh, classes or or, um, or races. So, yeah, it's really cool. Very silly fun from Steve Jackson Games. And I'm kind of hyped because I had a notification this morning to say that my uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles munchkin version... <gasps> Is on its way. It's somewhere making its way to us. It is. That's not the only game that's on its way. Ooh. Yeah, I got another notification this morning saying that Binding of Isaac Four Souls is on its <gasps> Ooh, way. That I'm excited so about. So that we will be talking about not long from now, I imagine. I suspect this weekend we will be doing some more board gaming. <laughs> so what else have you played? Only other thing I've played really is uh, Pokemon. I uh, played more Pokemon Let's Go. I am up to, I believe, 59 shinies out of 150 Ooh. on my quest. I am I'm over a third of the way. I think I've got to do this about two and a half times, so I'm getting there. And I played some Pokemon Go as well mm-hmm. um, on the phone. Internet was absolutely horrifically terrible in the uh, NEC. I did not have a good internet connection, oh, which no. made this interesting. Uh, but me and my friend Ellie, who has just gotten back into playing Pokemon mm-hmm. Go, there was a there was a five star raid for a big legendary that neither of us had. Ooh. So we sat down in Weatherspoons, and people kept popping up as like in the raid. We were having real trouble getting into the raid at the same time because yeah. like it's like oh it's loading it's loading. There's like five seconds left before the raid starts, and we kept like. We kept not getting enough people in the raid at one wow. time because because everyone was struggling to get in and we just weren't doing enough damage. And we finally got in both together. I think we had like six people in the raid and we finished it with literally like, it was like three, two, one and we beat it. Like we out of this like three, four minute raid. We were to the second on it. Um, nice. And we both Did you caught, catch it? Yeah, Yay. we both caught our Cresselia, which is the new legendary we're after. Um, I caught mine on the first ball, and There's my nice. friend Ellie was like, I'm not good at the curveballs, can you help? And I threw one and caught it on hers. I was like, two legendaries on the first ball, go me. Total luck, put go me. Not total luck, you've been playing for years, you have uh, mad I, I usually am not very good at catching legendaries, but... um. Yes, that's all I've really played. You played oh. anything else? Yeah, I played Rock Bosch's Director's Cut DX. Ooh, what 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 that? It's well, it's an it's an odd one. It's designed to look like a Spectrum game, but also I'm not sure the Spectrum would have handled those graphics, so I would say uh maybe a Commodore sixty four. It's it's one of those The intro is very, very spectrum because it actually starts with like a, a spectrum loading screen. Is is it one of these where they're trying to go for the spirit of an old console but not necessarily yeah. the the actual limitations of that spirit hardware? Spirit of earliest computers, uh, earliest home yeah. computers. Um 
Yeah, it's even got a little. You, you can like slow load it, and it'll do that. Eek. Uh, like a like a classic uh, Spectrum game, so that was fun. Only problem I had with that is it's just a sample and it repeats and repeats and repeats. Yeah. I was like, uh, if it was a bit longer, this would have been way really cool. But luckily, there's a turbo load button, so you can just press it and it will pop straight up. Noise. Otherwise, you can wait two minutes and listen to the same sample over and over again. <laughs> and and you are Queen Victoria who goes to Mars and ends up stuck um, in some kind of um, slave mine. And uh, you go around collecting scones and cheese and cups of tea and and trying to uh, get yourself out of prison and uh, take account uh, sort of enemy soldiers and so forth and, and solving very basic sort of get key, walk out of door puzzles. Hmm. It kind of reminds me of classic Gauntlet in some ways. Okay. Like, you, when you get a key, like, the whole wall of that colour will disappear. And will sort of sometimes like flood the, um, mm. like cause enemies to just go flooding out. There's those little sort of, um, generators for enemies. The weird thing is though that you can't seem to kill those. Okay. So you have to accept that there's just this endless flow of enemies. It's alright. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not, it's not, I like the, I like the chip tune music. That yeah. was, that was quite pleasant. But, yeah, it's quite quirky. That that's that's the thing as well. But um, yeah, no, it's, I'm not sure it's for me. Uh, you play anything else? No, nothing else. Okay, I will. I will do the last one then. I've been playing Cattails. <laughs> oh, Woo. every day you're playing a bit of Cattails. Woo. Uh, yeah, it's a cat life simulator. You play a uh, tiny cat who has been uh, kicked out. Uh, basically, you get bought from the pet shop. During the intro, you get bought from the pet shop, taken home, played with by a small child, and then mum just decides no cat for you. Oh. Having oh. taken you to the pet shop and got the cat, and then just drops you by the side of the she, road. She doesn't take the more... cat back or anything? No. no okay. just, just dumps it by the forest. <laughs> um, you then meet this uh, cat called Coco, who is a little black and white cat, who teaches you the basic mechanics, and you, you get to join... Either the mountain cats, the uh, mystic swamp cats, or the the forest cats. I went with the forest cats because cheese up best. And um, yeah, and and it's it's like Stardew Valley but with cats that and sounds, no farming. That sounds adorable. It is. Um, I I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm really enjoying powering up my cat to be a super cat by just doing lots of foraging and and um, fighting rival cat gangs that come and encroach on our territory, expanding our turf a bit. Um, but yeah, like, I think if it had, like, maybe the colours turned up, the contrast a little bit more, it would be a bit more pleasing to the eye, because it is a little bit, a little bit drab in places. Um, hmm. uh, also, the music reminds me of something out of the original Sims. Yeah. Like, it's a bit basic. Um but the game itself overall is quite a lot of fun. It's got a mining section, like Stardew Valley. It's got relationships and, and sort of pairing up, like Stardew Valley. You can get cat married and have cat babies, have little kittens, and and, and bring them back to your ex newly expanded den. Um, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun so far. I want to play a bit more and, and see how that goes. I've got a review on the way. It Ooh. might be out by the time this goes up. Ooh. Check out stonemonkeyradio.blog and find out. Um, and the last thing I played was... I played Decap Attack. 
originally yeah. for the Sega Mega Drive. It's on Sega Mega Drive Classics, or I suppose Genesis Classics in America, on the Switch, which has just been released. I believe so. Uh, yeah. Um, and the only one I've played so far is Decap Attack, because I haven't played it in ages. Uh, you play Chuck D. Head, a sort of mummy thing with no head, but like eyes and a mouth in your chest that you can seem to like fire out on your intestines <laughs> as oh. a weapon. Okay. And uh, sometimes you can grab a head, which is like a little skull, and you can throw it as a weapon. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a weird old choice of game. It's a weird little sort of action platformer thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, you have to unite this sort of continent back together um, by going sort of the Heartlands and Elbow Island and... And throwing heads at people. And and throwing your head at people and, and slinging your sort of intestine face at people. It's very weird. Yes, sounds it. I remember playing it at a friend's house when I was very, very small. And, um... Yeah, it's one that's sort of come back to me. Most of the others in there that, I, I, that I'm fond of I've played recently. Uh, because I have some of these on PC. Like, I've played uh, Golden Axe 2 recently, Streets mm. of Rage 3. Um, so I've not been back to them yet. I do quite like that it has challenges in it. Okay. Um, like, it'll say... There was one for Columns. So you have to... It'll start you on a bit that's like sort of quite close to the top. And you have to try and get to a certain level without dying um, to complete the quest. And there seems to be like quests for lots of different games in there. So I thought that was quite cool, like an extra thing. And apparently there is online multiplayer, but I haven't had a, a chance to dabble in that yet. Mm. I am interested to see if one could play like Golden Axe 2 or Streets of Rage, something like that. Mm. Because, you know, can't always play those um, in the same room. So I'd be interested to see if that could be played online. We'll find out. Yeah, I need to have a, a bit of a, a bit of more of a whiz. I will report back. Thank you. Mm, so, uh, yeah, I think that's everything I played. Well, so, on to this. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi, hi. Hi, hi, yeah. Hi. Um, so, uh, yeah, we got this series that everyone really, really likes. So, uh, we, and, and it's a single player experience. And as you know, we're trying to move away from, from single player things. We want people to just make their own fun in, in multiplayer experiences, online, online services, things that we can just sell to people and sell to people and sell to people. So uh, we're thinking about how we can go about making a, a, a multiplayer version of this uh, popular franchise we've got. Have you got any ideas? Hmm. So, um, the, the expectation I've been seeing a lot online, and I don't think this is going to work for us, is yeah. this idea that, um, we keep all of the content we already do and also do multiplayer. That just I mean, that like, seems like a lot of work. That seems like a lot of work. I don't... I I, I really can't be bothered to do that. I, so. Well, I, I certainly don't want to have to, you know, keep uh, whipping, underpaying, and, and, and uh, well, overworking well, our staff. We're, we're going to do that regardless of, of what game we, we make. We are, but. but I don't want to have to keep that up for that long. I mean, it's hard work for me to, you know, keep sending memos and things, so, you know. What's what's your suggestion, then? What do you reckon we do? Well, my my only thought so far is maybe we could just uh, strip out all of the uh, all of the single player content, all the NPCs. You know, we'll, everything that made it interesting. Maybe we'll keep some of the like the recordings that people find around, and 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 they have to, 
you know, they have to, get, uh, you know, go and uncover a little mysteries throughout the game. But ultimately, we'll just rip all the game out and just, uh, you know, they can make their own fun between each other. So what you're saying is, yeah, we, we give them an empty shell and we expect them to make the fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got this demo we've been kicking around for a few years. I figure we just put some netcode in that and uh, hope for the best. Sir, you're a fucking genius. I know. Are regular energy drinks just not doing it for you anymore? They really aren't. Try Spark! Oh my god! The can doesn't contain any liquid, but does contain a small battery which, when opened, will administer a tiny electric shock. <laughs> oh. It shouldn't cause you any long-term harm, but it's gonna hurt enough to wake you up and get you that alertness that you crave. <laughs> Perfect for nights when you just really need to get focused on a sudden burst of short-lived pain rather than how much you'd rather be taking a nap. Okay, I'll get back to work. Also available, Bolt. For when it's E3 week and staying awake just seems fundamentally impossible. Oh god, I burn! <laughs> so, what? Have you put in your eye places? Oh, I put in my eye places. Eye places. Uh, not much because I've been away this uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing I put in my eye places was I discovered that um, TikTok was a thing, and I learned about TikTok memes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vine was a thing that existed. It was six seconds, vi- six second videos. It was a place for a lot of comedy and and memes and things. And then it died. And people for a long time have just watched compilations of old vines. I watch compilations of old. Indeed, vines. I'm a big Vine enjoyer. And I discovered this week that weekend that apparently, like the new thing that the kids are moving to, and the new thing that's generating the memes, is a service called TikTok. So TikTok is basically the same as an old. Uh, app that used to exist, and I think it might have become TikTok, was one called Musically. Oh, right. Which I was, that. You yeah. downloaded that once and did something about you being thick. Oh, no, that was different, different thing. Oh, okay. Different, I think that was a different thing. So, Musically used to be an app where basically you could lip sync along to stuff, and oh, like yeah. a lot of people made videos with that. And this new program is basically the same thing. It's kind of a social media of mainly lip synced things to songs, but also apparently it has become like a place for like 10 second or less meme content. Okay. I discovered that this existed because on Saturday I was cosplaying Tracer at MCM and apparently a big meme that has been popular on the TikToks that I had to learn about very quickly uh, was the um, I want to be Tracer, I'm already Tracer meme, which started as a much longer song about... It seemed to basically be about entitled male gamers in online games who basically assume that women should be in all the support class roles. So it's a lot of, um, like, hey, we need, we need a healer on our team. You, girl over there, should be the healer. And it's like, well, no, you, you could switch to the healer if we need a healer. I'm already playing the, this DPS class that I'm having fun with. I am already um, Tracer. Yeah, I, w- I want to be Tracer. I'm already Tracer. And, um, it seems like it kind of went a little bit sour when it became a... So the there's a bit of it that became a meme on TikTok, which was just this exchange back and forth. I want to be Tracer. I'm already Tracer. I want to be Winston. I'm already Winston. Back and forth. Um, and I had to learn about this very quickly, because two minutes after getting into MCM, someone shouts at me, 
I want to be Tracer. And I had no idea what was going on. And my friends had to be like, okay, okay, here's TikTok. <laughs> this is this is the meme. And I had to, like, every couple of minutes throughout the day, I had to be like, I'm already, like, I'm already Tracer. That, that was the thing I had to learn to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently the meme kind of went a little bit mean on TikTok in that it oh. switched from being... The intent of the song was meant to be like, hey, you know, don't expect women to play the support roles. You could just do it yourself, you know? Like, let women play DPS classes if they want. Mm -hmm. What it ultimately became is a lot of women, like, really like the song because it's really cool and empowering and has this Mm -hmm. really nice message to it. And would do a lot of these lip-synced videos to it. Mm -hmm. And then in the sort of call and response section, you would get guys responding to the video... By basically, like, trying to imply that these women were, like, fake gamers and uh, that that sort of that crap. Old okay, so, like, one example that really annoyed me of this was one where, like, the woman is, like, she's cosplaying as, I think, Diva or something, and she's, like, doing the lip sync thing, and it's really good. And the other half of the video is a guy who just holds up a piece of paper and goes, your controller's not turned on, you, you don't even know, you're not a gamer, you didn't even turn your controller on. I'm like... She's making a video for a thing. I wouldn't turn my controller on for that because then while I'm making fake controller motions, I'm gonna be fucking contri- like changing shit on my PS4. Hmm. Like, if I wanna like just look in a video like I'm playing a controller, I'm probably just gonna like hold a help like not turned on yeah. controller and do the thing. Yeah. Like it that Do you not understand yeah. props, friend? Yeah, but it's like, oh she didn't even turn the controller on, no, not a game. I'm just like uh... But, uh, put that meme aside, I learned that TikTok's a thing, and I w- we watched some TikTok compilations while drunk, and there were some very fun ones. Nice. There some, some very funny ones. I, I'm like, I, I don't know much about TikTok, but I'm going to go down the rabbit hole. Like, TikTok compilations might be a thing I investigate more mm. for memes. Uh, what about you? What have you looked at this week with um, your watching eyes? I watched the 2009 Day of the Triffids miniseries. Ooh, how was um, that? It's two parts, about three hours long total. It's not great. Yeah. It's, it's it's not me. I mean, to be to be fair, the book wasn't. It didn't have a brilliant ending, but um. Basically, it uh, tells the story of uh, a, a, a guy working at the Triffid Farms. These are sort of carnivorous plants, mm-hmm. and they they have been found to produce this, you know, very readily produce this sort of oil that can be used, and it's uh, they're basically pointing out that it's been used to um, like replace. Um, petrol fuels, petro- they're like the petrochemical industry, yeah. and it saved the world. But, um, but they're basically there's this activist who feels that the plants shouldn't be kept where they are or how they are, and um, following a solar storm, which may- renders most people on the planet completely blind, um, he decides to break into the Triffid farm and let them all free. He dies in the process, um, but basically Triffids are these ten foot tall, weirdly sort of almost like trumpet flowered plants that flick their, I guess, stamen, um, like out and always always go for the eyes, and um, they will sort of that it's poisonous and and they will basically take you out and then wrap you up in vines and then suck your nutrients out. Mm-mm-mm. Um, so in the in the grip of all this 
all, all these blind people, suddenly there's these plants wandering around. And uh, the this scientist, who's be, always been a bit concerned about the Triffids after his mother died to, uh, to a Triffid attack, has... Uh, he ends up sort of trying to work out what to do and how he can try and save the world from the advancing Triffids and bumps into a journalist and and rescues her from this cop who's basically got her at gunpoint. I don't understand why all the police in this have guns. Oh, okay. Because it's set in the UK. Yeah, we're not really a big gun country. We're not a big cops with guns. Um, It's got Eddie Izzard in it playing Torrance. Uh, basically, Torrance... Um, uh, starts off as a complete shitbag. Um, in I think I can't remember what he was in the book, but in the film he basically was asleep on the plane with his hat pulled down over his eyes during the solar storm. He wakes up to find the plane is crashing and everyone is screaming and running around blind. Um, so he moves through the the uh, the plane. Going under everyone's seats, picking up their um, emergency life jackets, mm. grabbing them all up with him. He goes into the toilets, inflates them all around him to create this sort of big spongy safe room, <laughs> or tiny spongy safe room, and survives the plane crash. <laughs> I don't know if that would actually work. Neither do I. But well, basically, it was like it's the, not a uh, bad idea. Yeah, it was like the the crash thing from was it iRobot with that yeah. phone deployment thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he survives the plane crash that way, and then he basically ends up taking over London and becoming this horrible, sinister character. Um. Yeah, I've seen a few versions of of Day of the Triffids. I think there was a BBC series, like longer series, like long, long in the seventies, maybe. Okay. Um, and then there was the 1920s, I think, maybe 30s, uh, Black and White Day of the Triffids film, where they worked out that you could kill Triffids with um, seawater, oh. which was a nice ending. Yeah. In the book, like, they'd never get rid of the Triffids. Just, that's, just, the, just, that's the end of everything. Uh, after all the, hey, we had to get, we have to survive the Triffids, we have to do this, we have to do that. It's just like, yeah, we'll survive. <laughs> <laughs> And in the miniseries, they're just like, oh, we'll go to the Isle of Wight. We've got rid of all the Triffids from there. It's fine. Um, but that's available in its entirety on YouTube if you fancy giving that a whirl. What else have you watched? Uh, I watched a lot of Vine compilations, because that's the kind of weekend it was. <laughs> vines and tips. We found a Vine compilation that had a bunch of Vines in it that none of us had ever seen before. Ooh, and we were like, I like those. Ooh, that's some new Vines. We, we 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 were impressed. It's, it's very rare that we find a compilation that has vines that none of our group have seen. Yeah, because you are hardcore viners. Yeah, we do we do vine a lot. Um, oh. what have you watched? Um, I watched Transformers the movie from what 1989, 88. Oh, that guy? It's brilliant. I love it. It's been a long time since I've watched that film. Um, yeah, it's it's Transformers like classic Gen 1 Transformers and Bumblebee isn't all that and Optimus Prime dies at the beginning and it's sad it's um, very unapologetically Transformers isn't it? It's very very and and why should it be anything? It's got Orson Welles as the voice of uh, Unicron um, it's got Eric Idle in it as one of the Junkions it's got a Weird Al Yankovic track it's got You Got a Touch which uh, everyone loves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty kick-ass. It's got lots of 80s hair metal 
music in it, which I really love. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant fun. Um, and I've not not watched it in a really long time, so it was nice to go back to that. Yeah. Mm, you got any others? Not really. Uh, we tried to watch... Um, well, there's a thing in the listened category that we tried to watch the movie along with, but we couldn't make it show on the hotel TV because HCDP wouldn't let it transfer uh... onto the other screen. Uh, but I will get to that in the listen section. What about you? Um, we watched something together yesterday. We watched uh, Otter King 77077, um, retro arcade anime R-Type. Oh yeah, we did watch that. Uh, that was on YouTube. That, um, that was that person who was talking about their their anime doing tech where they're like, hey, CGI it, but then turn it into lines and then hand draw over the, the lines yeah, thing. Yeah, and it looked, it looked very good. They did a really good job of that. And then I showed you the, the R-type anima- animatic, which is yeah. basically just somebody gets sucked into an R-type cabinet and has to, to fight in a, this very sort of 80s anime style. Yeah. Oh no, the controls and graphics suck. Oh wait, I'm in the video game. The controls and graphics are good now. And I died on the first boss. It's alright, because that girl saved me. It's okay. Nice. Let's go in more video games. Yeah, um, that was really nicely done. Like a nicely done little short. I can't imagine how long that must have taken them. Here's the thing. I'll say about that, like... Ah, the, the, the dialogue wasn't anything special. Like yeah. they, they could probably do with working in a team, I think. <laughs> yes. Um, but I cannot fault the absolutely stunning like visual mm. design, particularly the, the ship stuff. Like, yeah. Some of the body movements were a little bit mm. not the best. Mm. Um, the thing that this person clearly excels at is very, very good explosions and combat and machines mm. and flying things. And I'm like... That's stunning, and you should you should totally be doing that full time. Mm-hmm. But also, like, yeah, maybe you get a person to look over <laughs> your script. <laughs> get a look over your script and maybe your body movements. Yeah, it's it, the script wasn't bad. It was just a little bit. Here, I am saying the thing. There mm. we go. The thing. Ah. Ha- uh, uh. Oh, maybe that was something to do with the voice actors as well. Maybe I don't know it. It was clearly not. It wasn't the thing that impressed me most about this. No, but uh, yeah, those the ships, the explosions. I really like the explosions. Yeah. They're very sort of Akira make Macross um, make styly. Mm. Very good. Um, and the last thing I watched was Invasion of the Giant Radioactive Killer Snail on the um, Ard Boiled channel. Yeah, you know Ard Boiled. I don't believe it's I do. Like an Ardman animation um, YouTube channel. For like okay. weird little shorts, I found it through Mr. Weeble, um, because he's announced the the new um, yeah. advent calendar for this year. Oh, I walked past him at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. He seemed alright. <laughs> seemed nice. Jaunty. Yeah. And Parson. <laughs> Hello. Are you nice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Tell me about this channel. Um. Yeah. It's it's lots of little cartoon shorts, and the one I particularly enjoyed was about a a a, a scientist who has developed, uh, or managed to increase the size of a snail, and the snail is very sad because the snail was once small, and its beloved uh, snail partner is still small and stuck inside the uh, stuck inside the little tank that they were in. Um, so they decide to get the scientist sort of shrinking pills and shrink back down. Um, after having eaten the, the scientist, it's quite nice to get. <laughs> it's it's very cute, um, and and it's got adorable snails in it. Slime bunnies, everyone loves the slime bunnies. Yeah. So yeah, that's the so. <sighs>
our new sponsor. Another one. We're getting so many sponsors recently. I who's, know. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor are Bowl and Eldritch Branch. Ooh. That's B O L L and Eldritch Branch. Um, they are the ultimate in goth bedding. <gasps> Tell me more about them. Well, they use their patented Micronomicon fabric, which ensures that you'll get a really weird night's sleep, wrapped in writhing tentacles. That sounds absolutely perfect for our sleeping arrangement. Absolutely. It will slowly uh, cause your mind to collapse, and it's available in a range of colours, including black, raven, ebony, obsidian, midnight, ink, onyx, coal, soot, crow, sable, and jet. Perfect. Sometimes I really just hope my mind would slowly collapse, because honestly, life, right? I know, right? Especially right now. Yeah, and if tentacles are doing it, all the better. I know, right? I could probably rub one in while I'm there. Oh, brilliant. Can you remind us who's the sponsor and how do we get that sponsorship? That's Bol and Eldritch Branch. That's B-O-L-L and Eldritch Branch. And uh, you just go to their website, that's bolandeldritchbranch.com, and you click the little microphone wrapped in tentacles symbol at the top of the page, and it enter code Q and PS45 for your chance to get at least 5% off having your mind collapse. Indeed. And remember, you don't have to give them your address, it will just show up. Absolutely. That's B O L L and Eldritch Branch. <laughs> Hello, have you been wondering about getting into the fantastic hobby of cosplay? Well, we've got some tips for you. First of all, don't forget, if you order it online, it is going to take forever to arrive. Also, no matter how well made it is, it's going to break. No matter how many resources you bring with you to the convention to fix it, your costume is going to break. It's not going to fit quite right. You're going to have to just fiddle about with that just a little bit. Even if you tried it on at home and it fit fine, you're going to get to the con. It's not going to fit anymore. Something about putting it in your suitcase that's just really going to screw it up. It'll simultaneously be too long and too short in a weird set of places. It's going to be uncomfortable to wear. You're never going to be able to coordinate your outfits with your friends. That group cosplay you have planned... Never gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna be months of work for something that might well break after one use. And you're gonna have a really good time. Yeah, All are. of these problems are actually just gonna completely melt away and you'll have a really good time and you won't care about any of it. Because it's fun. gonna be really nice. You'll be there with your friends, yeah. conning it up, playing your favourite character. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. what have you put in your ear holes? Nothing substantial this week. Mm. I listen to a lot of meme music. Mm. I listen to a lot of, like, a lot of, like, cheesy 90s stuff. A lot of, um, basically the kind of stuff that I was rattling off from, from that Amicon playlist uh, a few mm. months back. Just basically listen to a lot more, like, ah, it's trashy meme music. Mm. What about you? What you listen to? Um, this is going to be a short section for me as well. Um, I started listening to Dames, the new season, or the most recent season of Dames and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mentioned this on the show before. I was, I, I, I listened to sort of everything up to the end of season three and a half. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, because I, I prefer to listen to D&D podcasts as a big chunk. Like, I listen to the Adventure Zone balance in almost 
like mm. one sitting over the course of like a month or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, luckily, it was just coming to the end. Yeah. Um, and I, I really sort of struggle if I'm going to having to go week to week to week. So I sort of paused on Dames and Dragons, and I've now started back up with the Court of Sword, uh, Court of Spears, um, yeah. series. And he's called it Court of Swords series then, and that's the wrong show. I think that's it, me, JB. Um, yeah, so I'm really enjoying that. They're great characters. They have a lot of fun together. Uh, yeah, would definitely recommend more of that. And uh, you were away on Sunday and um, was missed you. So I listened to Happy Home, Keep On Writing by Kimmy Dawson. <laughs> oh, that track. And I listened to some old quips so I could hear you laughing. Oh, <laughs> that, that Happy Home, Keep On Writing one, like... That's that's a song that's like it's it's one of those songs that's gonna be very special to me for a long time. I included a line from it in at the end of a chapter of me memoir. You you play it a lot, and I always associate it with you. Yeah, there's just a couple of bits of it that just make make me feel safe and like everything's okay. Mm. Um, so other things I listened to very quickly. Mm-hmm. I got up to date on the Adventure Zone. Yeah, that that campaign's going very well. I'm yeah, enjoying. I'm, in, I'm hype. I very much enjoyed that latest episode. And I listened to the new episode of Till Death Do Us Blart. Which, ah, this was the film you could watch. Yes, I believe I believe I've mentioned this one before. It is the uh, the Paul Mart uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop Two annual review podcast mm-hmm. where four people just watch Paul Blart Mall Cop Two once a year every year and try and find new things to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out just a couple of days before the convention. All of Minodo friends uh, listened to it. Um, Ellie Hat was one episode behind, so she listened to an episode on the way to the con. And we all just like kind of drunkenly listened to it together on the Friday night at the con. Mm-hmm. It was it was a lot of fun. We had a good giggle. Yes. We had intended to put up on the hotel TV the 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 movie playing so that we could watch it silently while we listened. Mm. Um, could not do that because HDCP protection would not let me HDMI it to another source, which is a shame. Mm. Um, the only... The thing that made that more annoying, the length of the podcast was almost exactly to the minute the length of the film, and it would have it would have worked out so perfectly. Um. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, so yeah, I think that's everything I listened to this week. Mm. So... This is a public information recording on the subject of... Making Friends. When trying to make a new friend, there are certain questions you should never ask a stranger, no matter how much you think they might help the conversation. Indeed, one does not wish to come off as some kind of weirdo. No matter how much you're trying to make small talk, you should never ask a new friend, who you have never met before, where they live, or where they will be sat on public transport that they're about to take together. Indeed, you may ask for what part of the country they are from, but do not ask for more precise directions once they have told you what they are willing to share. Indeed. If you ask them and they tell you, I live in London, don't then ask them, where in London specifically? That is an unsettling question which will put your new friend slightly not at ease. Do not ask if you can touch their hair. Do not ask questions of a private nature before you have struck up a more general conversation. Indeed. One thing we have learned from talking to trans people Do not ask them about their genitals. Indeed. This has been a public service information film. Do you suffer from chronic pain or illness? 
then there's every chance you need shut the fuck up, Karen. The next time some well-meaning friend earnestly suggests you try mindfulness, yoga, positive thinking, turmeric, or any other gloopy bunk science bullshit, give them a blast of our patented shut the fuck up, Karen formula, and they will shut the fuck up. Have you tried jade eggs up your vagina? I'm not sticking anything in my yonder, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Question time! It's time for questions! What's the questions? Uh, Becky Tuahill would like to know, what would your girlfriend's shiny version look like? Describe their moveset and IVs. Uh, I think you're already the shiny version because you are rare and precious and highly sought after. Oh, you. <laughs> and you have unusual colouring for your hair. Which, yeah. uh, we, I think we are our shiny versions. We yeah. would have our normal hair. Well, I suppose the, the real answer question would be what would be our normal versions? <laughs> well, we'd have our sort of normal hair colour. Yeah, just me with like brown hair. Yeah, we'd have moves like cook dinner, <laughs> um, <laughs> Hoover. The, the other bit of evidence that you're, you are your shiny version is most shinies in Gen 1 of Pokemon just ha- they're just green. green. Yeah. yeah, it's the green, the green is usually a sign that's a shiny. Uh, I, I think, like, our, our normal versions would just be more boring. As I, it is, our IVs are, like, all maxed out, and, yeah. uh, my, my special power isn't great, actually. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it, I think it's pretty good. One of my moves is poi, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's basically just us with boring colour hair and yeah. like strip away like the interests we have. It's like less less partying, less you know, less of the fun things. Well, I think your special moves at the moment would be like awesome journalism, creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got you've got poi partying. Poi, uh, party. Well, maybe not. You have the si- you have. <laughs> I, the si- I had partying. I don't know. Uh, don't know what that's going to be like. For a little while now. We shall see. I need to take it easy. You've got special skill of of uh, very, very funny. I'm good with does, my fingers. Does me... F- oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's the next question. Uh, Tricky would like to know, does I describe your very own game console? What specs uh, or features does it have? What sort of peripherals do you imagine would work on it? And how many EU regulations does it break? <laughs> um, the only part of that question I know how to answer is... Uh, ga- games console where, as a standard, you can just use all of the controllers and remap your controls. Uh, you can play it with motion, you can play it with buttons, you can play it with the Xbox adaptive controller. Like, just, just let people have lots of options about how to make their video game work and don't force them to play it a specific way because limitations kind of suck for the end consumer. Yeah, it'd be region free and allow you to uh, put homebrew stuff on there so that uh, people could... Um, yeah, people could put emulators and things on there. I think I would like to have the split controller as default. Like, the controller that comes with it. Obviously you could, you know, do various things but I would like, like, like a bigger Switch. Yeah. Maybe like... The size of uh, like an iPad or something, like one of the larger iPads, um, with slightly bigger controllers because um, they are a little bit small. Maybe slightly more battery power in there. Uh, loot boxes and randomized microtransactions are forbidden on the console. Yep. Oh. There you go. That's our console. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, good battery life. Um, and you know. I, it's got to be like the Switch in that I have to have some way to be able to make it portable if I want because yeah. I've been spoiled by the Switch. I do. <laughs> same. Yeah. Hard same. <laughs> um, what? Uh, Jacob Marin would like to know what is your favourite flavour to be combined with chocolate, i.e., chocolate mint, chocolate orange. Mm. Uh, 
like, yeah. And their favourites are chocolate and raspberry or chocolate and strawberry. Have you got an answer for this? I like chocolate, mint chocolate chip. I love mint chocolate chip. It's the bestest. <sighs> mint chocolate chip is good. Um, hmm. The only other answer I might offer is not even combining chocolate with something else. It's mixing two types of chocolate. Mm. I really enjoy a good white and dark chocolate marble. Mm. That yes. can be really nice. Um, cinnamon and chocolate is really good as well. That's cin- I've had cinnamon. And that's cinnamon. cinnamon and hot chocolate. Cinnamon and hot chocolate is really good. Those flavours go nicely together. Yeah. Um, so, chocolate and vanilla. Like a, a yeah. really nice, or strong, v- natural vanilla flavour. Um, chocolate and ginger can go really nicely together. Uh, chocolate gingerbread. Choc- a dark mm. chocolate coated gingerbread is really nice. Mm. That's chocolate and gingerbread is a good combo. Nice. All the questions. Uh, Ian Burnham would like to know, what character would I be in the current Dice Funk? Um, I'm, hmm, 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 hmm. So, current hmm. season of Dice Funk, that D&D podcast I'm on, is we're all in space. We're doing spaced adventure heist things. Uh, I would be, hmm... I would be a uh, tiefling. Tieflings are fun. I would be a tiefling, um, probably like a really deep purple skin. Yeah. Uh, extra long horns. Yeah. And I would meet you in one of the bars on one of your uh, um, timeout. Are oh. you just going to be the character I meet on my timeout session and yeah. make out with? Yeah. I'm up for this. Yeah. I'll be that. <laughs> and, and I guess like I'd be. Um, tieflings are mainly magic users, aren't they? And you know, you've not got a huge amount of magic on your team at the moment, have you? Not a huge amount. Yeah, we got guns and punches. Maybe a wizard or something. Okay, maybe a tiefling wizard. What's mm. the next question? The next question is this: Insert name when found. Would like to know. Hang on, I recognise that icon. Who that icon? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, and certainly when found, when found would like to know, what's your favourite mediocre game and what would you do to make it good, however you define good? Hmm. Have you got an answer prepared for this? Um, hmm. I'm going to go with that, that one that keeps coming back up, that uh, Interplay Lord of the Rings game from the 90s. Yeah. Uh, I would fix all of the broken bits that they like fucked up before they shipped it out like apparently they ran out of time and just like there was a bunch of quests they started but never finished writing okay um or or they just sort of took the last bit out of so i would like to like get a properly finished version then i would like it to incorporate uh volume two the two towers and make and release with it the volume three uh, return (laughs) of the king uh I'm going to go one step further and go not mediocre to to good. Mm. I'm going to go really bad to good. Mm -hmm. You're going to make bad rats good. I'm going to go Steel Battalion Heavy Assault, which was the Connect-only Steel Battalion game. Take away the Connect support. Give it the Steel Battalion like nice. big controller. Do a re-release of that controller and let me play my mech, my, my pilot the mech game with my big mech controller. Nice. That's, that that would instantly take that game from like unplayably bad to like yeah, probably a good game of the last generation. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Jenny Artorius would like to know uh, what is your favorite character in the new Shira. Uh, 
I have to say my favourite character, I think, is um, Purple Hair Girl. Yes. What's, what's her name? Entraptor. Entraptor. I really like Entraptor. Same. Um, so I've been, reading, I've been reading some really, like, interesting takes on Entraptor read as a uh, character on the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. which I think is, like... Which totally, we both talked about. Yeah, I, I think it's totally a thing that, like, I, I read it at the time, and... I've really enjoyed a lot of things that I missed about that. Um, mm. the, the, to make a long story short, and to try and keep things very spoiler-free, um, lots of obsessive interest in her special area of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, a, uh, a difficulty with meshing with other types of social circles, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and her, I'm trying to work out how to phrase this bit in a nice spoiler-free way. Um, she's very trusting of people in that when she is told something that seems like it makes sense she will go I don't see why you would lie to me also you're taking an interest in my special interest which no one ever does so like Mm. I I have no reason not to trust you because you're actually like letting me talk about the thing I like to talk about and and you sound like you make sense so Mm. like there's a lot of the sort of naivety around that of the character that feels incredibly fucking familiar to things from my life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this character is my baby, and I need to cosplay her at some point. Yes, do it. Yeah, I need to. Um, I like her hair. I like her gadgets. I, yeah. I've always liked the gadgety ones from cartoon yeah. series. So, uh, in terms of cosplaying her, sorry, it's a bit of a diversion. I have an idea of how to do the hair arms. Uh, the long, long and short of the idea is, um. Have some fake um, arms, like, just, like, folded in front of her or something. Okay. Um, and where the actual arms are, basically just use more of the wig material to make, uh, to cover the arms in fake hair, so that it looks like it's part of the hair. Have the wig be long enough that it reaches the arms. Okay. And then be able to control what, uh, basically just hair hands that I would create. Yeah. So, I have, like, I have thoughts about it, I need to, like, test it and work out whether it would work, but I think I could make convincing, controllable hair hands. Mm, I could... Exciting. Yeah, so, uh, did you have a different answer to that question? Uh, no, I had the same answer to that question, but for slightly yeah. different reasons. I like the character design, I like the like the, the colour choices for that yeah. character. I think she's really interesting and really sweet. Uh, um, and I hope, I hope good things yeah. happen. We haven't got to the end of the series yet. So. The, the only one, other one I want to mention is Catra, just because I I don't think she's like the best, uh, the nicest character or anything, but I think we've seen a lot of her arc now. Particularly this episode we watched, like yes. quite a late episode we just watched tonight, that was like, oh okay, yeah, no, I'm I'm very much liking the way they've written her and mm. her complexities of motivation and yeah. stuff. Um, I really like her character. I like Scorpio as well. Oh yeah, she's so I, enthusiastic. I um, the yeah, energy is very yeah. gay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's our next question? Uh, Samuel West would like to uh, answer a vitally important questions. Do you need a bra <laughs> that will let you know if the minestrone you ordered is being delivered by drone? Yes. Soups up, bra. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I miss bra jokes. Bra jokes are great. I know. I was listening to them all the other day. <laughs> uh, oh. Are you finding more questions? I'm finding more questions. Where are you finding more questions? Uh, okay, Kelgador uh, would like to know, what is the best button Pokemon Let's Go? 
Huh. Hmm. For them, it is uh, Venusaur. Uh, Venusaur has a butt that can't help but notice every time they're battling. Hmm. This is a tricky one, because a lot of my favourite butts from Pokemon are later gens. Hmm. I'm going to go with Ditto. Because Ditto can have any butt it wants. It uh, could have that Venusaur butt if it wants. Or it could have a Blastoise butt or a Snorlax butt. It has all of the butts. It is all butts at once. It is all things it is to all. It is all butts to all people. It is all butts to all people. There you go. I, I knew I'd pull an answer out. I'm trying to remember. What was the blue character that was up recently that everyone was like, that's a good butt? Oh, I can't Is this a blue Pokemon? Oh, this is a blue Pokemon. I can't remember where I saw the thread now. Ah, uh, for alligator. It could have been. Oh, the yeah, for alligator. For alligator in uh, Gen Two has a like has really tight buns for no particular reason. It just has a really muscular like runner's butt. Nice. It's like just a big angry crocodile, blue crocodile, but with like a tiny runner's butt. Um, I think I will go with Chansey. It's a nice round butt. <laughs> I enjoy a round butt. I'm <laughs> um, just checking other. Of the streams. Checking all the places. Where are all the questions? Can we find them? I don't know. We're finding them in real time. <laughs> this is me vamping while we find them. I'm tempted to just leave you waiting. Don't be mean. V would like to know. Um... Uh, hey there, Lauren Jane. You ladies often talk about things you saw, heard, and played in the week, so here's one for the other sense. What interesting, tasty foods have you put in your food holes this week? Ooh! What foods did I put in my food hole this week? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. I had a good, I had a, I had a good pizza. Ooh. I had a good pizza with some barbecue sauce on it. I had some very nice peri-peri fries at, uh, at Nando's. I'm I'm a big fan of their peri peri uh, fry seasoning. Uh, what about you? Have you had any good things in in your in your face? We made tofurkey hot dogs. Oh, those um, were really good. Yeah, it was the uh, the tofurkey sausages in the white packet, and then mm. we um, like got some hot dog buns and sliced them down the middle. And I did mine with uh, some fried onions and some mustard and some ketchup, and it yeah. was good. Uh, I drank some tasty things because I was doing an alcohol drinking at the weekend. Heck yeah. Uh, I had a purple rain. Purple rain. But because we had no uh, lemonade left, uh, I used um, fruity cider to, to mix it up. That, that was very tasty. It was also a choice I made. Nice. <laughs> it was a very tasty, interesting choice I made. Um, I've had uh, I had a nice cup of coffee. Yeah. That's the only drinky thing that I put in that I would particularly go with. Uh, that is all. Oh, hang on, hang on. I forgot. <gasps> There's one other place I should have checked. One other place. Oh, you're gonna make me do the the the, the passing time song. Vampire. I'm vamping. I'm vamping. We're filling up time. Oh, we've already had that one. So Crimson has asked that on Twitter already, and well, we have already answered it. That's all right then. Whoop, whoop. So, <gasps> do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Rosal Diaz's Hello, Larry. Hello, uh, Larry. How are you doing? I'm Aussie Bear, mate. How's your week been? Well, you know, I've uh, 
I've been, uh, well, it's just tired of the press once again. Oh, the press doing their nonsense once again. Oh, you know, more, more press nonsense as oh, always. What, what, what is it this week? What they done this week? Well, you know, they, 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 continuing with this thing of just uh, getting sort of unhappy outliers from minority groups to write sort of think pieces that sort of present it as a way of uh, sort of outweighing people, uh, other people in that group, perhaps even the majority of people in oh, that group. Yeah, I know this old, this old someone dance. It's the one way you go, well, most of the, like 90% of the group might be like this, but we found one person who says otherwise, so we'll put their voice up. We'll present them as if they are a, uh, you know, as if they're speaking for everyone. And, you know, that way we can present the narrative we want to present and not the one that is the the, the standard narrative. Absolutely. I mean, I, I remember seeing one a few years ago from an, an autistic person that was talking about wanting a cure for autism. Oh, indeed. And, and you know, most uh, most of the, the autistic people I've encountered would not want that at all. They would not want, want well, to be changed in such a, a fundamental it, way. It's, it's one of those things where, like... You, you, most people in that particular community are having the conversation of, we don't necessarily need a cure for autism. We need, you know, a, the world to be more accommodating of our differences and to not cause problems based on that, and to make yeah. minor accommodations so that we can continue to be, you know, you can continue to be the unique people they are without being erased from existence. Exactly. But you know, you, you take one person who goes, oh, yeah, it's just not worth living if you if you're autistic, and suddenly the narrative becomes. Oh well, yeah, maybe we should get rid of them all. It's it's it's, yeah. a, it's it's one of those things where that might be that one individual person's experience and not to devalue their experience. No. But the problem is, is the media presentation of like not giving a voice to the majority, but giving a voice to the one outlier that says the thing they want to be yeah. said. And that is perhaps a time you know we we get a lot of false balance in the press. Yeah, yeah. And that is perhaps a time when when you do need a bit of balance. Like, this is not a case of anyone's arguing for anyone else's erasure. That's, you know, taking two points from people in... Yeah, is is about, like, the media have a great deal of power when it comes to, uh, you know, informing the public discussion as to what people outside of that situation, you know, tend to perceive. And it's, it's a case of, like, you know... Sure, share that, share that one story, but the problem is, is, like... If you're ignoring the wider narrative of people in a certain group who are totally happy with who they are and living their lives normally, you know, and only sharing a story of like, no, no, I'm not happy with being in that group, it, you know, that suggests that the majority narrative is what you've shared, and that erases, like, you know, if you don't bring up the other side, it erases most people's experience. Exactly. Uh, the article that sort of brought me to this recently was by a, a trans person saying, my vagina will not make me happy. Oh, I saw that one. You know what really rubbed me the wrong way about that? Uh, on, when she tweeted that article, she posted under it a link to the crowdfunder for her surgery that she claimed in the article would not make her happy. Yeah, that's really a bit of a hard sell for people. I yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I did not understand that particular dichotomy going on. I've got to say, did not understand that one, but well, you know, I, I have, uh, I've got a few friends who are trans, and and I do remember like one of them uh, talking about uh, going to visit the the GIC, the gender clinic, and and 
they they talked about you know how this isn't going to solve all of your problems. Yeah. So if you go in with you know a lifetime of depression, you might find that some of the problems um are you know are, um, some of the problems in your life you know related to dysphoria and so forth might be much easier to handle. But it is not going to change the underlying fact that you have a mental health condition. So yeah. from that point of view, yes, perhaps that vagina will not make that person happy. But it will improve their quality of life in other ways. Well, this is it. Is there's a lot of pe- trans people who, you know, surgery is built up to be this big thing in your head to the point that it feels like it might fix everything. And, you know, you go through it and ultimately it's like it doesn't fix everything. No. It fixes one very big, very specific issue. And, you know, it's, it's a great deal of, of help to get rid of that, that, that one particular issue from your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't change the fact that you, you're still a human being who, like, you know, might have things going on in their brain. But, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing that was annoying about that one, is it was just like, right now we are having such an issue with trans uh, presentation in the media. We're not getting stories in the media of the majority of trans people who... You know, live perfectly happy, normal lives and, you know, are fucking, you know, having surgery made their lives better. We we never hear that narrative because it's not... That doesn't sell papers. No, he doesn't sell papers to go, trans person transitions, it was quite good for them. They're feeling very positive about that choice they made in their life. They're happy to move on with the next part of their life. Indeed, that part of their life is done. They had surgery, they no longer feel bad about their genitals. You know, that doesn't sell papers, but... Oh, it's the secret. Being being trans doesn't, you know, having surgery doesn't make you feel better. Trans people are all lying to you. That sells papers because it reinforces confirmation bias of people who are against trans people. Yeah, and that's just not. And like, you know, again, not to say her story can't be told, but no. when hers is the only story being told, and not the story of all of the trans people who do feel better. Yeah, you know, I mean, a number of times we've had, you know. Okayish trans stories that are then offset by them getting some random trans exclusionary feminist to to go on and talk about all of the bad things, all of the worst things, how you know trans people are this, that, and the other that that they actually aren't, and and you know that that that, that any time like that they'll be like, yes, this is balance. We are bringing balance into our article. I think. That is that is not the time for balance. A time when you've got a single person going. Doing this surgery will not make me happy. Well, you know what? Some people might have kidney surgery and it won't make them happy, but it will stop them having kidney problems. The, the other, the other thing I will say as well, I think, is uh, I don't think the problem here was this woman's article. I, I think that this woman's article itself, to- totally fine for her to share her experience. I think yeah. the thing that's to be really clear about is. The media deciding to publish that account and no others. Yeah. And the way that it was pushed out as, oh, here's the secret truth that, you know, trans people aren't telling you. Like well, it, Some of that was to do with the way it was received by other people. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, I, and well, I, as people have raised, you know, I think that is going to be very concerning for, for young trans people because oh, gosh, yeah. then, you know, you have, you're going to have adults going, look, this person's saying that it's not going to make them happy. Look, see, that's a perfect prime example and that's well, going to be used to hurt other people. Well, that's exactly it. It's like the New York Times are a big enough outlet that they're well aware people are going to use this example for years to be the example of no, my child, you will not allow to transition. 
because it won't make you happy and is proof from a trans person. Yeah. And it's it's just unfortunate that the media continues to play these particular games of shaping perceptions of minority groups. Indeed. Oh, do you want that hug? Always, mate. Always, Always want that hug. Oh. 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 It always feels much better. Oh, you're sleeping, mate. Yeah, this dog's making me proper sleeping. Oh, oh don't worry, mate. You uh, we, tell you what, you want to you want you want to head off for a nap now? Yes, yeah, so oh, I'll have a cup of tea then head off for a nap. Well, well, we'll make it herbal, shall we? We'll you make know, it herbal. No caffeine, nice, for you. nice fruit tea or something. Yeah, you know, drift off nicely. <sighs> Lara, that should be fun to on the internet, darling. <laughs> internet. Mm. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Laura K. Buzz in most places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. Laura K. Buzz on Twitch. You can find me Monday to Friday 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. You can find me on Dice Funk, which is a 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons real play podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and 5. I don't turn up straight away in season 3, but I will show up. Mm. Um, you can also find a couple of my books that exist. Uh, July next year, my memoir is coming out. You can pre-order that in certain places on the internet. That 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 is a thing. Search for "Uncomfortable Labels" by Laura Kate Dale. You can also find things I learned from Mario's butt, which is currently up for pre-order. We're doing our uh, fundraising for it. I think the current maths is we're about 130 copies away from being fully funded. So like, it's in there. Yeah, like if you haven't put your money down. <laughs> This is the time to get like a signed copy, an audio book, a copy I've drawn a butt in the front of, get all the the shiny fancy get things. Prints and cups and yeah. all sorts. Or an ebook on the lower end where it's just like, hey, I can read the book and it doesn't fill up my shelf and it's a nice cheaper entry. So mm. if you are interested, give mm. that a look. What about you, Jane? I can be found on Twitter and YouTube as Maniac Janiac. I can be found on SoundCloud.com as Jane Eris Magnet, where you may be listening to this now. Uh, I can also be found on StoneMonkeyRadio.blog, where I do all sorts of re-reviewy things. And I want to say thank you very much to everyone for questions and for listening and for sharing and reviews and all the nice things you do. Um, at the request of people who come along to uh, Twitch.tv slash Janiac on Thursdays, uh, I have set up a Discord channel uh, or Discord server so you can head over to Stone Monkey Radio uh, there will be links on my Twitter I am going to tend to keep it sort of one day invites only um, so if you can't get in send me a message on Twitter or the on the Facebook Stone Monkey Radio group and I will send you a link uh, I, will, I will open that up for you uh, so come say hi and if you ever want to send me some pennies for helping out with stuff or just because of just niceness um it's uh paypal.me slash jane magnet which you can find pinned to my twitter not that you have to but if you do i very much appreciate yeah. and thank you very much to the people who have already done so much appreciato so until next time be a stranger I'm a different.